Hey everybody, Jake from Tasting Anarchy here. This is a classic episode that Mason and I recorded last spring, so some of the information is a little bit out of date, but the reason I wanted to release that today is because we review a Cabernet Franc in this episode that was really good, and either later this week or next week, I've got a comparison of three Cabernet Francs that I want to review, and I wanted to give this particular Cab Franc as the baseline for where I'm coming from on my perspective of Cabernet Francs. Um, we talk about a couple of different things in this episode that is sort of old news. We made some midterm predictions, some things like that. Uh, some of it came true, some of it didn't come true. We also uh, alluded to the fact that we were trying to make friends in the wine industry, which we have since with Jackson Blood, who will be on our New Year's episode. Uh, here it is, it's a little later than usual, but enjoy. Down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine. Drinking that mess is their delight. When you get the wrong, start singing all night. Drinking wine's for the you to drink wine. Wine's for the you to drink wine. Wine's for the you to drink wine. Pass that ball to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When it gets a rump, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down door. Drinking half gallons and calling for more. Drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Tasting Anarchy with your host, Jacob Lindsay. And the co-host host, uh, Mason. other host, yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want to like bump you down to a lower level. Well, that's the thing is like when you say co-host, it doesn't like it's kind of one of those. Is that actually bad or is yeah. it like no? That's like we're both hosts, so yeah. like we're both co-hosts of the same podcast. I guess that's true. I guess so, we're both we're co-equal hosts. Yeah, like and it's like we both put the time and energy right. into this. You just more than I in certain things. Certain things. Yeah. I, I also tend to uh, not do things that I should be doing and no, stuff like that. Same here, but uh, we're working on it. Yeah, but let's go ahead and let's get into the wine because yeah. this week it is my wine, which mm-hmm. I think for recorded episodes this might be two of my wines in a row, but. Correct. Uh, we, we did a have a brainstorming session. We had a brainstorming session and a pretty good wine with the brainstorming session. It was a little too sweet for me, but mm-hmm. I think we'll have a review up for that on the site shortly. We won't have a review of that one. Oh, no? Okay. No. Um, I tried another one from that company. Okay. wasn't very good. So I want to try on air. Like I, I might, I'm going to get another one mm-hmm. that's a higher dollar value, okay. and I'm going to see if it's still as good. Okay. If it's good, then I'll do a review of both. Right. And I'll, actually, probably I'll do a comparison of both. Okay. Um, but because I can't pronounce the wine type, we'll move on from that. All one. right. All right. <laughs> so then, so this week's wine is uh, the 2009 Buchanan Estate uh, Cabernet Franc. It is from the Napa Valley, um, sort of nearby where I used to live and where you used to live. Yeah. Uh, and this is a interesting one. I got a I got a Cabernet Franc this time because we had. And by we, I mean Nate and I um, had one up at Green Hill Winery in Northern Virginia, um, and I loved it. It was really good, uh, and I figured since I couldn't get a Green Hill one here because for some reason Total Wine doesn't stock it, um, I'd go ahead and get a different Cabernet Franc. This one was recommended by the uh, sommelier that works there, or I don't know if she's a sommelier, but this is the wine lady yeah. that works there. I'm going to say she's a sommelier. Well, the assistant at the Total Wine. Right. So she she said, I love this one and recommended it to me. Um, 
this Cabernet Franc is um, 14.9% alcohol by volume. I think this is a really interesting one because it kind of goes into how it is aged. And this one is aged 14 months in French and American oak, 30% of which is new, 30% of which is one year old, and 40% is two years old. Mm, so I like that. I think that's very interesting. Um, and I'll go ahead and read you the description from the winemaker okay. on their site. Which, by the way, they have a very – the site's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of – it's not very intuitive, so it makes it difficult in that regard. But this one actually had decent information on the wine. It didn't have, like, the acidity and that sort of thing. But I like the explanations that they had. And the winery sounds really cool. This is one that, like, just based on the description on the site, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a cool winery. I'm going to, A, follow them on Twitter with our at Tasting Anarchy uh, Twitter handle. Yeah. And two, I'd like to maybe, when next time I'm out visiting Grammar or something, stop and uh, Yeah. So them. really, really brief aside. Yeah. Like, I wonder if we could start a business doing UI um, and oh, yeah. UX for uh, wine sites. Yeah. Because they're always so... They're always, like, odd. <laughs> yeah, they're always... It's... Like this, would be, this is a beautiful site. Yeah. It's just it was confusing to navigate. Yeah. It was like you click on the wine and then or you well, first of all, there's no menus on it. Yeah. You have to click certain pictures and when you hover over them, then it turns into the word. Well, it's like Pina. Like their website yeah. was like you'd click on stuff and then it's like now click this again. It's right. like what? Yeah, it was very it was very weird. So then then when you click on wines, it's clear that you can like hit the arrow to switch between wines mm -hmm. but there's no information anywhere on the page on the wine until you hover over the wine <laughs> so it's very like it's a very it's got a lot of cool animation and cool features and stuff but the navigation is odd uh but the information that's on the site i thought was was great and this is they have uh three sections on each wine they mm -hmm. have just general wine information yeah uh they have uh from the winemaker and then they have about the vineyard uh i did not write down the vineyard stuff uh, but just from recall, it says that this is a vineyard that is located uh, mixed in with oak trees and uh, deep, dark, rich soil. Well, it's the color is a deep, dark, yeah. rich color. It is without being as um, it's not purple though. It's like it's a very it's blood, it's clearly blood red. red. It's like blood it's a red, blood yeah. red. But it, it's it's not. You can kind of you can see light through it yeah. more than most of the reds we did. Right. Yeah. Now it does, and it also has a good smell. It's very fruity, but there is also an alcoholy smell to it. It is a really lovely smell. Like yeah. I, it's in my notes. I've already like because I've tried it. You really yeah. haven't yet. No. Um. Yeah. Like lovely smell. Give it. Give it a try real quick. I'll yep. talk a little uh -huh. bit about it. Um. So the first thing I, I when I tried it, it was just not acidic, but spicy was the first the first kind of flavor I've got. Now that I've had a couple more sips. That's more of the alcohol that I'm realizing. It's not actually spicy necessarily. It's more of the alcohol, but there's the, definitely the burn on the way down. Mm. This is really nice tasting. Yeah, this is good. It does have it's 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 very hot on the throat. Um, it does have kind of an alcoholy what effervescence or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, very tannic, slight metallic aftertaste. Speaking of blood, yes, and. Uh, which that's kind of weird that I know what blood tastes like, but I guess well, everybody's I mean, bit their every, tongue. Everybody's so. got a little bit of an idea, yeah. you know. You accidentally cut yourself. You're like, yeah, you lick it off in some weird reason. You're like, I don't know. They do this in the movies. <laughs> yeah, there is a there's a there's a flavor in it that is like um, it's a fruit that I I it's a fruit I know, but not one that I eat very often. And it's maybe a maybe a unusual type of plum hmm. or something like a or like a you know what it is. It's it's tart red plum. That's what it tastes like. Is you know when you get a, a tart plum that's a little underripe and uh, 
it's a little sour. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. I, I usually go for specific black plums. Okay. Like, yeah. So they're the purple plums. Yeah. Like yeah. I, so they're not as tart. But yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So let me read the description that yeah. they've got for it. Uh, or this is from the winemaker. Um, so it says, on the palate, the fruit takes over a riot of red and black berries and stone fruit. I don't know what stone fruit is. I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know what it is. Uh, dominating with savory oak and the... Uh, darker elements of earth and cocoa flavors showing around the edges. Tannins are gripping but smooth. And that is – I agree with that because it is tannic, mm-hmm. but the tannic doesn't stick with you. So like when I, when it's in my mouth, I can feel it being tannic. But mm-hmm. then like now, like I don't have the mouth stickiness that normally comes with it. Um, so I, But it says, so tannic gripping but smooth and elegant. Uh, the trademark acidity uh, of Cab Franc – and that's true. It is very acidic. Of Cab Franc is perfectly integrated into a seamless whole. Though it should age well up to a decade, this beautifully balanced and precocious wine is what to drink now. Enjoy it with pork and game, long simmered, braised, and grilled vegetable dishes. It's also perfect a perfect red wine for cheese. So in my classic, uh, Mason always will do the reverse food. Yeah. Long braised meat. This would go really well with. This is the first red where I'm like, no, like, I, like, yeah, I could eat this with a salad. Like tonight, I ate like a bunch of kale with dinner because like my wife made this uh, dish that we had to have the peanut a pinot grigio. Like we needed a pinot grigio or um, cabernet sauvignon. Like mm-hmm. maybe that was the yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like it because it was cabernet sauvignon. And I thought it was a pinot grigio, so I was oh. expecting grigio. And, um, so maybe I, maybe I like the brand more than I remember, but either way. So, um, you know, it's like a, it's a chicken peppers dish. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a soup. It's the one that I told you about a while ago where I put all the rice in it and then it became like a pilaf and that's not what I was looking for, but she didn't put the rice in it this time. And we just added rice to the dish itself after it came out. And, um, like long simmered, but like I, I don't remember where I was going with this, but mm-hmm. this is the first time where I'm like, yeah, like I wouldn't. It, oh, it's I ate a huge thing of kale with it, which is you know not a light salad vegetable, but it you count it as a salad if you want. But I couldn't see this with a salad necessarily. Now, if you have like a, a heavy dressing or like a cheese to it, yeah. um, which, you know I'm not a big cheese fan, but like mm-hmm. yeah, this this like. You need almost something fatty yeah. to go with it, and like long, like pork. Pork would be really good with this. Yeah, it is good, and it does and you can kind of taste a little bit of uh, the the new oak, um, like a very like a small hint of the butteriness that comes with new oak. But it's not it's not. I think strong. that's the smoothness in it. That could like, be. I think that's that's where I would cut cut the smoothness with mm-hmm. it. But I don't necessarily think it's smooth. It's smooth on the palate. Yeah. But when you swallow, the acidity is there. Yeah, it's just and it's it very, doesn't. Like, it doesn't yeah. hold the smoothness mm-hmm. to me. So, like, when you were like, oh, smoothness, I was like, mm. But then yeah. I kind of thought about what they were saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, I think, and I think that's, too, like, you know, when they're using words to describe the the wine, sometimes they it's just whatever fits best. And, yeah. Uh, and I do kind of see what they're saying. But, yeah, it, it's it's very tart, which makes it hard to describe as smooth. Mm-hmm. But it's a good tart. Yeah. And, it, and then when you swallow it, it's pretty hot. So that sort of makes it difficult to say that it's, it's smooth. But then once you swallow it, the tannic... The tannins, like they're there, but then it kind of like clears off. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you don't go into sushi a lot, but wasabi. Yeah. Okay. So wasabi, it's a type of horseradish, yeah. and it's meant as a palate cleanse, mm-hmm. but it also adds heat. 
Yeah. Um, so like when you have it with sushi, it's like super hot up front mm-hmm. and then it's gone. It's yeah. not like a capsaicin heat where you're like, oh, crud, now I need to get like milk or something yeah, that's going to uh, pull the oil out of my tongue. Right. Like this is like – it's good. Now, yeah. how good much wine. was this? This is $22 a bottle mm-hmm. at uh, Total Wine, which is usually uh, the the best price in the area. Yeah. Um, or at least close to the best price. Uh, and so if you can find it for cheaper, you probably have to hunt it, it down. Yeah. I mean it's good. On their site, uh, I think they put it at $26, uh, but uh, that doesn't – that the one that they actually have on the site is the 2008, which is mm-hmm. interesting. that This is the 2009, but they don't have the site updated. Hmm. Um, and I couldn't find a description of the 2009 either on the Total Wine site or on the, um, yeah. the manufacturer site or the this the, this the feels like a site. this feels like a 10 year old wine. Yeah, like high high alcohol volume because it's consumed a lot of the sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is this is really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's not good. And I think this is our first Cabernet Franc that we've had, and they and they don't actually carry a huge amount of Cabernet Francs at yeah. Total Wine. There's in the um, – for anybody who's looking for it, in the other reds section, it's mm-hmm. over there and uh, they have a couple of them. But this was – this is actually I think one of their higher priced Cabernet Francs. They, they yeah. had like four or five of them. Uh, they didn't have a Green Hill one, which is one I was looking for. Uh, but we might be able to just go up to the winery at some point and have it there. Or we might have to order a case of yeah, like Green Hill case, stuff yeah. through Nate's family. Yeah, that's and, right. Because I think he get... has a membership there. Well, I think his family does or okay. something like that. But yeah. I mean either way. Yeah, this is this is really good. Like, yeah, it's very good. So just again, Buchanan, like uh, Pat Buchanan. Uh, I don't know if it's spelled the same way. I don't think it is. It's B E. It's like like bow almost, yeah. like B E A U C A N O N. So maybe it's bow cannon. Maybe yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. But uh, and then I can you read this word? The first one, I, or the uh, second one is Louise or Louis. But I don't know what the first word is. It's C-U-V-E with a hyphen, uh, like the accent mark on top, E. Suve? Suve? Suve Louise or Suve Louis. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. not 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 my forte of pronunciation. Right. And, it, and it, doesn't say, <laughs> it doesn't say on the website that portion of it in the text, mm. so I don't know what that is. It could be maybe the winemaker's signature or something. That's like the name of like the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this yeah. is my wine. So I'm not sure, but... Uh, so far, I recommend it. We're going to go ahead and finish the bottle and oh, of course. <laughs> revisit it at the end. Just That's what we do. Sous vide, a type, blend, or batch of wine, especially champagne, oh, okay. according to the Le Google. Okay. Well, that's very mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not going to fall in It apple. is good. And it's got – and it does have – you know, you can kind of see it too in – The legs. The legs. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of that – I don't know if we talked about that on the show ever. Oh. Because we talked about that at the last uh, work event. Okay. So go over quickly. Give it a, the one-minute treatment. Okay, what are so, legs? So one of, the, one of the books that is helping me learn a little bit about wine and their blog as well is um, – I'm going to totally blank on the name. It's um, Wine Folly. Yeah. And uh, she, the lady, one of the co-founders of it, has some really good um, advice on how to taste wine and um, – one of the things she talks about is that if you kind of like tilt it onto the side of the glass and then tilt it up, you can see it come down. And the more it sticks, the sweeter it is. And, mm-hmm. the, and the and the more legs, which is like the drippings, mm-hmm. the more alcohol is going to like is evaporating. So like you can tell if it's a very dry wine because it has the legs real quick. And yeah, dry wine being generally a more alcoholic wine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Speaking of uh, quick treatments, yeah. Um, so I read Zero Hedge pretty much exclusively for news, other mm-hmm. than maybe local stuff like the pilot, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of see what's going on in the local area. Um, so our favorite uh, boondoggle, the Bart. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Bart because I just think it's fun to ride a train, but yeah. and I don't have to pay for it directly. Um, what do you think their budget was? Fiscal budget or fiscal two thousand and eighteen budget? I'm sure it's in the billions, um, maybe. Four billion. Well, you are actually way high. Okay. One point nine two billion. So okay. not. I mean, All like right. it almost double. But the yeah. you know, yeah, public okay. money. So of that, two point seven million is dedicated to fare evasion. Okay. So where I'm going with this is one of the. Uh, so this is uh, around May or April thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So just about May first. Um, so May Day coming for those of you who do May Day. Right. Um, Apparently, one of the BART stations is overrun with heroin and crack addicts who, as soon as the station opens at 5 in the morning, run in there. To, that's where they shoot up and, like, hang out. And the BART doesn't have the resources right. to roust about these – roust <laughs> these, people's out, these people out. Now, you know, it's public property. These people are doing – like, and this sure. is kind of what San Francisco gets because, right. you know, they – Well, this they also this kind of, this kind of this sort of also – even before we get into it goes to the um, – uh, I, I don't remember what it is, but it's like the qui- the coincidence of wants or whatever, where it's like if uh, – so we all have to pay for the road, but what if I want to use the road to protest and you want to use it to drive to work? Like who yeah. gets the thing? Well, if we both own it equally, exactly. then we should both be able to use it for what we want, but you can't because yeah. you both want to use it at the same time for something different. Yeah, so, so it's kind of the same situation. Yeah, so they have a $1.9 or $1.92 billion budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're only allotting, you know, two point seven million dollars of that to catch people who aren't paying to ride. Because if you've never ridden the BART, yeah, there's nobody checking most of the time, like your ticket. Yeah, that's like, like ours. Yeah. Well, you get to the so yeah, the way the BART is, like, you get to the station. Generally, you walk up to a machine, you pick where you want to go, and then it tells you, you know, whatever price it is, and you pay, and then you have your ticket, you get on the BART, and you just ride to that place and get off. And presumably, if you don't get off the right point, you go and buy a ticket between the two and pay the difference. Right. But there isn't somebody standing there taking the ticket. It's right. just, you yeah, know, if you, somebody catches you, you know, you're screwed. But right. so apparently in the $1.92 million billion budget, they don't have enough to rouse these people. And they might actually have to rely on the San Francisco cops to do it. Uh, right. <laughs> it's like, well, like – Why aren't they doing that already? Because, yeah. it, again, it's public property. Well, so, so there's there's a multiple two of things that we can get yeah. into with that. I just thought this was really funny right. and just something because you know the continued boondoggle, like 1.92 billion dollars, and you don't have enough, like, right, like, yeah, whatever. But that that's the whole point. So, our main article, or at least my main article, is apparently in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's calendar year 2017 or growing season year 2017. Um, you know, because it's some world organization that doesn't really do anything doesn't describe things well um apparently wine production hit a 60 year low and like when you're reading the like the article that i found about it and it, it's very like doom and gloom and like right. it makes it seem like like the people chose to not like do things well right what it really turns out is like most of europe got hit by a bunch of hard freezes yeah. that destroyed the crop and oh, okay. just like they didn't have enough crop ability so 60 year low um now they have apparently worldwide cultivation. Mm-hmm. So these are so 
interesting, you know, if you're, if you're into wine. So not only is big inflation coming, especially you can see it in oil prices. And if you buy or change your own oil, you've definitely seen it. In the last couple of months, oil has gone through the roof. And if you're in Hampton Roads, we live close to a refinery. So we always have enjoyed lower gas right. prices, especially compared to California. But in general, for places that aren't Texas or right next to the main mm-hmm. refineries, we actually have a refinery close by. Mm-hmm. So we've always enjoyed low gas prices. And gas prices have been on a tear recently. You know, we're under $3 a barrel or $3 a gallon still, but it's getting close to $3 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And it's not like worldwide production's crapped out or something. Right. But so they have apparently 250 million hect- hectares of um, – all right, no, 250 million uh, hectoliters okay. of wine is produced a year. Right. 2.42 million hectoliters of wine is consumed worldwide. Mm-hmm. Apparently the U.S. makes up the largest – the U.S. consumes the most, but we consume, like, let's call it 35. Right. Italy consumes 30. And wow, Italy's yeah. got, like, what, less than 60 million people and yeah, we have yeah. 320? That's a lot of wine. Yeah. So the uh, one hectoliter is the equivalent of 26.42 gallons. So that's the equivalent. So just as a, a measure, quadrillion, it's the number after a trillion. So it's yeah. the one the U.S. government's going for. Um, all the Great Lakes in the U.S. and Canada, six quadrillion okay. uh, gallons. Wow. So that kind of gives you an idea, yeah. you know, kind of an, you know, a, tie, a little bit of an idea of there. Um, so like hectoliters to gallons, you know, it's like a billion gallons mm-hmm. of wine or something like that. And the amount of water in the Great Lakes is like that much more than that. But to kind of go along with that... Um, so like, and I've got this kind of like, there's uh 2.6 or 7.6 million hectares. So yeah. hectares is the, it's about four acres, I think. Um, it's 2.7 or oh, 2.4, 2.471 hectares. Um, which, oh no. Yeah. It's to an acre. Okay. Ah, I've got this amazingly wrong. Um, so basically <laughs> That's I, right. I worked out the math, right? And yeah. I wrote down the wrong terms, yeah. but, um, so the equivalent area of yeah. um, acres is eight, um, 18 million. Okay. 18.779 million acres. Okay. Is roughly, um, is roughly the amount of production of wine, mm-hmm. or area under vines. And uh, that equates to about a little less than South Carolina. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, if you think about it, like, yeah. you know, 250 million hectoliters right. a year comes from. 18, you know, 18 million acres. Right. So it's just, you know, kind of interesting thing. So if you like wine, like us, um, there's a possibility that uh, wine may go up in price greatly. And uh, while one of the things you were going to talk about is China's wine production, China's amount under vines didn't grow as much as it did last year. Like the entire Chinese economy is slowing down. In, in from what I can tell or what I've seen, almost every sector. Yeah, and well, this is then that's kind of going into my article, which I printed out the wrong one, but this one is also re- related because it's it's <laughs> my article originally was supposed to be about China's wine production and that they have uh, decided that they wanted to like triple wine production in the next ten years, and one of the reasons why is actually part of this article here Ooh. and that is that australia has over the last several years uh increased by 51 percent exports of wine to china mm-hmm. and they were already one of their major importers of australian wine mm-hmm. and this is because the emerging middle class in china is very interested in uh european style alcoholic beverages so mm-hmm. so 
this wine, wine beer yeah not yeah. not you know not rice wine and that sort of yeah. stuff but like and so one of the things that the chinese you know they do have a, a relatively directed economy but in general uh they are uh <clears throat> and actually very successfully surprisingly um doing a lot of desert reclamation mm-hmm. and they are turning some of that de- desert reclamation into wine grove or into wine uh, vineyards and uh and then they're also just converting a lot of what i guess used to be either fallow land or rice farms into wine production for export mm. um and just export from the region to a different region of china but also apparently chinese wine has been growing in popularity in other places particularly like russia i drink uh, chinese wine I, I try it and i and i actually looked it up and there's apparently several uh like world-class highly rated wines most of them are uh, derivatives of Australian styles because mm-hmm. the relationship between China yeah. and Australia is much stronger than – It's much I, stronger I think, than people realize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like um, Jason Stapleton talks about this a lot mm-hmm. that like apparently, you know, so the 2008 financial crisis happens mm-hmm. and Australia barely feels it. Right. Because Australia, while it's not a directed economy, though it's more directed than people realize, mm-hmm. like they have a lot of weird bans on different things. Um they spent, you know, it's mainly a heavy mining country mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a huge amount of Australia that has stuff that you can mine and they don't, you know, it doesn't mess with their environment a lot because a lot of it's desert or just yeah. hot, hot wasteland. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so there's a lot of mining that happens there and the Chinese were just buying it all because right. the Chinese were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to feel the recession. And people were like, why? Because we'll just print the money. Yeah. So, you know. The, right. the Australians have just got to live high on the hog for a sure. long time, and mm-hmm. this is something Jason Stapleton is talking about, where you know people are always like, "Oh, you don't want to get in a trade war with China," and it's like, "Well, you say that, but the Ch- Americans have a larger printing press than the Chinese, yeah. So if you're just going to waste money, right? I mean, they're both just going to waste money. So like, yeah. oh, people course. are like, "Oh, you, you know, like, oh, China, like they'll they'll cripple the U.S." It's like, yeah. They can, but the U.S. will do a lot of damage permanently to China because no right. one's going to make up the difference. Yeah. Well, and, and also the United States is still one of the largest – I mean by far the largest economy in the world. And still, even though like we've got a lot of problems and as libertarians, we're very doom and gloom about a lot of the stuff that's happening in the United States. And I think that's more from a position of we're sad to see it happen yes. from such a powerful and great country or whatever that was relatively free for a very long time. Um, that it's still like we're head and shoulders above the rest of the world in product production. Like just our productivity is enormous yeah. and people don't think about it because you don't, they don't think about us as being a manufacturing country and stuff like that. We still manufacture a lot. Yeah. We just manufacture on a different level. Usually it's not, yeah, we, it's not a base level. We manufacture like end product. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, and this is one of those things that people are like, oh, you you couldn't manufacture Apple products in the U.S. And it's like... You could. It'd just be expensive. It might so, be. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, the Foxconn, they're, like, roboticizing the factory because mm-hmm. they need to. And the only thing that they ha- the Foxconn has outside of the U.S. is tool and die makers. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're roboticizing the production and assembly, you just need tool and die makers to build the factory. And then it's, yeah. it's set. Like, you don't need people putting the parts together and, right. like... Once you roboticize that, and that's the thing with the U.S., it's like until Donald Trump was like, oh, like, you're not going to come here and like take our intellectual property. It's like, right. dude, we get a lot of these people coming to the U.S. to set up stuff and then leaving. That's right. fine. Like yeah. they get some knowledge, knowledge that they could have gotten on the internet in English anyway. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah exactly. But, you know, th- but that was kind of the, the gist of this article was that China is through directed economy and 
through private investment because they there are they are quasi they have a quasi free market I guess they have a very free market and stuff that the government doesn't understand yeah yet. yeah so and that seems to be a lot of it wine because there does seem to be a lot of foreign investment coming into producing Chinese wine and China very large country very diverse range of environments yes very diverse climate. And you can produce a lot of very different styles of wine there. And so that seems to be – right now they, they, they do produce like kind of the, the, the standards, you know, cabs, mm-hmm. uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I'm sure they do a franc, but uh, Chardonnays uh, and apparently rosés are oh. on the rise and which kind of leads into – Fancy wine. millennial wine. Yeah, for, exactly, <laughs> which is kind of part of my other article, which, which sort of ties into this as well is the kind of growing trend in wine production in general is that apparently – Forever, uh, wineries and, and vineyards have been sort of, un- and maybe unwittingly so, on the forefront of uh, environmentalism. Like trying to figure out a di- because you know the so much impacts the flavor of a wine that they've always tried to figure out a way to be as unintrusive, I guess, into the production of grapes as possible. So mm-hmm. you know you don't want to spray a whole bunch of pesticides on it. You don't want to. Seemingly, you don't. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know enough about it. But, like, uh, that also, that trend is kind of accelerated in what's going on with millennials. And millennials would prefer to pay a little bit more, or, or sometimes a lot more, for a wine that is sustainably sourced or whatever. And mm-hmm. the wine that we had actually last week when we were in our brainstorming session was sustainable wine yeah, or whatever. and, like, from, like, the 60s. Yeah. Like, yeah, they've from, from always been that way. But so, I think, like, mm-hmm. so this is one of those things where... I agree and I don't because yeah. I've heard about this kind of previously in some stuff in years ago and I couldn't place any of the information and and it could just be you know my own co- cognitive bias against yeah. it but that was one of those things is like it's also partially an exclusionary tactic right because it's like oh these up and coming wineries who aren't established can't take on these new methods right because they're they're not having a production so like they're like. You're like, oh, no, 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 you don't want to have them. They use pesticides. And it's like, yeah, we're using vinegar. And, you know, and then also apparently the margin on wine is so intense. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times when they were doing these eco sustainability, it's for business. And it's it's just because it's like having a herd of goats that don't give a crap about the grapes is a lot easier than Jorge with his weed whacker. Like it's just – then you could slaughter the goats and then, you know, you have that – you have that thing, and it, and, yeah, so that's and, and also you know a lot of a lot of these vineyards too. They make a lot of their money on the restaurant that's attached to the yeah. vineyard, and or the uh, the tasting room or mm-hmm. whatever that's attached. So like in the one in the one that is in is given an example in this article, they use for keeping the weeds down uh, midget sheep or mm-hmm. dwarf, I guess dwarf sheep, um, whatever the correct term is. Uh, well, a midget. So a midget person, yeah, is a proportionally sized human that is. Just diminutive. Hold on. Let me find out where it is here. Yeah. Baby doll. That's what it's called. Baby doll sheep. So it's yeah. a specific type of sheep. They're too small <laughs> to reach the grapes to eat them, mm-hmm. uh, but they like the weeds, and they they help keep the weeds down. Another another one that was an example in here um, is uh, using ducks to keep the insects down because mm-hmm. ducks like insects, but they don't care about grapes. Yeah. And so they'll have, and then the added benefit of you've got a whole bunch of ducks, so you can make delicious duck stuff. Especially if you're making like a dark, a very dark, like like this like, one, like this, like the Buchanan Estates yeah, or Buchanan, Kevin however we decide to yeah. say it. Uh, the Cabernet Franc. This would go great with a duck dish. And this would go great simmering the duck. Yeah, and then enjoying the rest of the bottle of wine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. It would be very tasty. Yeah. So that that's basically this article. It was actually it was on Market Watch, which 
uh, I read Market Watch fre- very frequently, and um, they do occasionally post some pretty good articles. They do occasionally, and, and occasionally it's also very one-sided or leftist yeah. or like you know, like kind of weird stuff. Oh, it's like, like here's a recap of this Reddit article I found. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. it's like so, all right, you know, I, c- I can see that. That is yeah. interesting at times. But one of the things I thought was in was particularly interesting about this was uh, they did they did give numbers in it for um, for sort of what the impact uh, millennials were having on um, the types of wines that are being produced. So apparently like – and I didn't know this. But I don't drink rosé not because I have anything against it but just because it's never been one I chose. I've had mm. it before and like it's fine. Um, I, I wouldn't mind trying it again for the show just to see yeah. if we have a different opinion of it. But apparently uh, millennials – Based on the surveys and based on just sales of rosé in general, millennials love rosés. <laughs> and uh, there has been a increase in production of rosé of 254% mm-hmm. uh, in the last uh, now, it, five years. Does it say where? It doesn't say specifically where. It says – it says uh, I'll read, I'll read what, it, what it says here. It says, Nielsen data shows that rosé business is up 254%. Actually, that's not production. That just means sales are up that much. So. Mm. Presumably, production follows, but uh, it would have to yeah. unless it's a, a long, like a stockpiled one. Yeah, which I don't know if that's. Yeah, I don't know if rosés work that way. Like this could, like this one, as as uh, it's ten years Buchan, old. The state says, yeah, it's ten years old. It can last for ten years, and or it's fine lasting for ten years, um, and it tastes delicious the way it is. I, I'd be interested to know what a new one of this would be like. Well, and here's my question: They release it. Yeah, has it sat on the shelf? Until this point? Or did mm-hmm. they release it last year and then you age it 10 years past that? Well, according to the site, they only – they age it in barrels for 14 months. So how how many – how long it took them to put it into the bottles and okay, taste so it Okay, so I have some out. context for that. Yeah. Then. Okay. So as you know, I told you uh, before the show started, mm-hmm. I was watching a lot of P- – I watched a lot of PBS on the weekend. You know, yes, I understand. I'm an anarchist. Watch PBS. <laughs> but like I also think like PBS would – PBS would exist without the government money. Like – People would just pay for PBS because they they like the programming. Now, I also agree that there's a lot of leftist malarkey on it. But one of the things is there was a guy and um, it's like Rudy Maxa or something like that, and he went to Argentina. Yeah. And this Argentine Argentinian vineyard that he was in, they barrel age the wine, and then the wine sits in a cellar for their specific like high end one mm-hmm. for two years. Okay. To let the flavors come together in the bottle because then it's bottle aged. Got it. So this could have sat on property for five years or more or, you know, like it could be like, you know, because we've had several of them where like when we go on the site, they're – the site is up to date because they have like news about 2018 but like they're talking about vintages from 2014. Yeah, and and then they'll tell yeah. you it's aged two years, and you're like, okay, so did you not run out for two years? Did no one buy it? Like, yeah. oh, no, it's like we well, don't release it. That, that's how it's released. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, this site was up to date. They had information about events that are coming up mm-hmm. at the at the winery in 2018. So I'm not sure what the, what the deal is with that. But let me let me real quick finish this uh, oh, yeah. this one sentence. So it says that uh, – so Rosé business is up 254% for the last five years, and uh, Prosecco is up 158% for the same period. Mm, Prosecco. You like Prosecco? Prosecco? We do a lot of uh, mimosas with Prosecco because it's, you know, it's a, bub- it's a bubbly wine, tastes a lot like champagne. Mm-hmm. So we get barefoot and then just some orange juice and right. then do mimosas. Oh, that's okay. So mm-hmm. the, interesting about that. So interesting barefoot because barefoot tends to be a little bit yeah. less expensive. Um, and it also says that uh, wines retailing between eight ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine are also drastically up. It doesn't say the percentage, but it, yeah. says, it just says up per, uh so uh, 
Rosé's retailing at eight ninety nine and Prosecco's retailing at fourteen ninety nine are uh, up respectively. It seems. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, when you can't afford to move out of your mother's house, that's true. Yeah, you're gonna buy. You know, and yeah. I, and frankly, like I mean, I, I guess you and I are millennials, and uh, I think we're just outside of it. Or are we out of? Yeah, okay. this thing is, I want to be just outside yeah. of it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I mean, you and I both. Uh, very frequently try to get wines that are less expensive and it's yeah. and it's honestly it's not because we can't afford it it's just that we well, don't choose to well we so. don't it, there's, there's two things one we don't currently make any money on the show yeah two the choice is plentiful at that range yeah so like that, actually that, we talked about that last yeah. week a little bit that's always kind of the problem we have with like at least when i have in going into total wine is like i'm trying to buy out a category yeah uh, the, of the ones to try, but they do have much more expensive ones, and I'm kind of like, okay, it's not that I don't think you guys who listen and don't think the show is worth it, but like, there's a certain lot amount of we do this for the enjoyment and to yeah. spend time together, right? And enjoy a good bottle of wine and produce content that hopefully people will enjoy, and then eventually, you know, hopefully we can expand upon what we actually go out and get and things like that. But that's you know just kind of that level of. How much investment can you make in a show that currently isn't making anything? Yeah. And, you know, every two weeks, a less than $20 bottle of wine or around a $20 bottle of wine is pretty easy to do. Whereas, you know, it's like, ah, this is a $89.95. Like, yeah, I can do that once a year when it's not for like a yeah. a spe- special purpose. Well, and, and frankly, too, uh, I think one of the reasons, uh, and it's why, also, it's also, we just aren't experienced enough with yeah, a that's lot of exactly the, what I was going to say. Is I, I was going to say, if if we don't have the experience to appreciate a, a more expensive wine, and then also one of the things that Wine Folly says is that when you get past uh, roughly a hundred dollar price point, you're really just paying for prestige. Yeah, they say, they say, they say well. You know, you can get a, a really great bottle of wine at twenty bucks. You can get a really great bottle of wine at ninety bucks. Uh, and and in between there, there's a lot of price difference. And usually, if it's like eight bucks or whatever, it's just not going to be great. Um, yeah. But sometimes, like I mean, I've had some of the the Lidl wine that was like twelve or thirteen dollars, where the normal the the normal brand of that or mm-hmm. from that from that same winery. Is maybe twenty five bucks. This is something different about it, and it's given a Lidl. So, like that Black Stallion wine that yeah. uh, I don't remember if I had it with you on the show. Well, I will have to go look at the show notes yeah. in the past. But uh, I saw that again recently at Total Wine um, when I actually got that Silver Plum wine mm-hmm. uh, or Palm Silver Palm wine, yeah. which was pretty good. But uh, I saw that same one there, and I was like, I don't remember paying twenty five bucks for this. Yeah. And then when I was at Lidl getting salami because that's where I get salami from. Uh, like I went and saw it, and I was like, "Oh, it's not the same one. It, it's the same style of wine. It's the same winemaker. Something's different about it. I don't know what's different. The label is a little bit different, and uh, the vintage is slightly different. Like mm-hmm. I think it was a two-year difference in vintage. But like that would be another interesting thing. I would love to talk to somebody at Lidl, like they're they're like the Lidl wine yeah. person, and be like, "So how is it that you guys get these wines that are different than the rest of the wines?" I'm surprised Lidl doesn't have a thing about it on their site. They might, and and maybe I'll look that up for the next show. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my article for the next show. I'm gonna write that down because that would be a, yeah. that would be a good thing to do. Is I, for those of you guys who, if you have Lidl's in the area, and I think most of the country is Aldi's. Aldi kind of has the same situation where they get a lot of really interesting wines in very inexpensive, sometimes from very prestigious vineyards yeah. or wineries. Um, well, and that's one of the things that like we also talked about like in the early shows. We didn't want to be wine snobs, and yeah. now here we are going like, well, I don't have the palate for like the expensive bottle of wine, but after having that peanut bottle of wine, 
and seeing the pure difference at $91. Oh, yeah, the, that the and was and good. That, and that's the thing is what we don't know is because I was the one who picked it and it's right. not like, you know, I talked to like the people at Total Wine or a sommelier and like really mm-hmm. kind of did research on it. I just kind of went like I've had a bunch of these at like this price point. I'm going to buy one specifically more expensive for, per- you know, the purposes of giving you a treat. Yeah. And having a treat myself. Right. Um, but then it was like the description was completely different than most Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. And like, so that's where I wonder, like, did I just buy the weird one? Right. And like all the, you know, $91 bottles are just more sharp or more nuanced mm. versions sure. of the ones we've already had. Like what, like what's the difference? Right. And that's one of those ones where like, you know, again, I was watching that, um, Rudy Max's show and like it was so interesting watching the the Argentinian um Salmonier who was at the vineyard or was at this tasting room and I'm telling you if like we can go to Argentina the specific area yeah. like they had like the wine you were tasting and then they had glasses with the fruits and other chocolates and stuff like that for you to get the scent right. to try to get, pull out to teach you to taste more of the stuff oh that's interesting and to yeah. me like someone's like all hoity-toity and like oh taste of this and blah 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 and right. you're like okay but like when somebody brings out the item and is like no I'm gonna like I'm yeah. telling you it tastes of this and like smell this like do you can you pick up yeah. on that and is you know so yeah there's somebody who's like trying to lead you somewhere but like it seemed like they like because they weren't officially like the sh- the place in the show wasn't it was a wine place mm-hmm. it was like a wine bar like it wasn't. Like Jacob's Wineries, Sommelier trying to get you to like appreciate their wine. It was like no, like you can go try these wines and like was apparently really interesting. If I understood what the guy was saying correctly, um, like you could go there and be like, oh, I really like this wine. And they're like, well, here's how you get directions to the winery. Oh, interesting. And here's another place that sells it and also has food. Right. And like these are pairings of foods you could do. Like they had like it was like a uh, concierge. Right. Like winery, like someone, like what, like I imagine, like being a sommelier, right? Like where you don't have to worry about making a dollar, right? Like right. you're gonna come in and it's gonna be five hundred dollar experience, but you don't give a crap. It's a five hundred dollar experience, sure. So it's kind of like that, you know, when you like when you go check in at the um, Waldorf Astoria. Yeah. No one's checking in at the Waldorf Astoria, going like, "How much is it for the room service?" Yeah. You just order room service. There's no yeah. price. Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. They just on your bill. You don't care. Right. Like, that's kind of like the way, like, it seemed like, and I'm, you know, the place is probably reasonable. It's Argentina. That They're not mm-hmm. extremely wealthy. There are wealthy parts in, in Argentina, but it's not like they're, you know, they're not the United States where you're like, oh, I was in Beverly Hills and this is no, used to, you know? But, you know, historically, yeah. it almost was the United States, yeah. basically. So there was a point when... Yeah, it was very, like... When we were very, very competitive with them. Yeah, but then you look at, like, the actual and then, numbers. And then, yeah, well, like, yeah. Also, but also the United States got involved and was like, yeah, we're not going to let you. So, I mean, very it, true. Yeah, there's, a, so, there's a whole lot of, like, weird, weird stuff involved in that. Um, but sort of going... Um, Back to like the the tasting in general on these is you know another thing I'd like to look into on the show and this is just now my slightly buzzed musings is mm-hmm. uh, this is another one of those bottles that has a very deep divot here yes they, they don't all have that no they don't um, and when I say here I mean on the bottom mm-hmm. uh, I'd be very interested to know or at some point do an interview with the people who make these bottles uh, there are a couple things like I've seen something about wine bottle shapes okay. Um, 
Now, whether it was true, like, you know, anything like that, I don't know. But, like, yeah, I would be really interested in, in doing a little more exploration of it. Right. But speaking about the United States getting involved in things. Oh, yeah. So one of the things that always interests me is what did somebody know before everyone else? Right. So one of the things if you don't know and you live in the United States, your federal government, mm-hmm. the Congress, can insider trade. Right. They'll put you in jail for it They'll and everything like that. It's a victimless crime, as best I can tell. But the Congress has said it's illegal, except for when they do it. Right. So if you're the CEO of Raytheon, and you tell like the congressman, like, "Hey, we got a new missile coming out, and it's half the price of Boeing's," you could buy Raytheon right. stock, and knowing that that was said, and sell Raytheon, sell the Raytheon stock the minute the contract is announced for the super cheap missile that you know, and right. Raytheon stock skyrockets. Yeah, that's not illegal. Right. So. There's recently been, and this is, again, this is April 30th of 2018. So for those who aren't, are, you know, like, everybody's going to be listening in the past because we right. released the we episodes, release like, them, yeah. very, very laid out. Right. Um, but there's been a recent thaw in the relations between North and South Korea. Mm-hmm. But what has there been an incredibly high increase of? Taiwan and China. Mm. Like, where they're talking about, like, there might actually be a war between Taiwan and China. Who has stepped up to the Taiwanese side? The United States. Oh, and who has had this course. super complicated relationship with the Taiwanese side? Yeah. Because the U.S. officially recognizes the one China policy, which right. is crap. Yeah. We shouldn't recognize anything. Um, but we officially recognize the one China policy, which basically says Taiwan is China. It's a completely different culture. It's a completely different administration. Well, I, mean, I think, I think like, what was – it wasn't the situation that like the – it wasn't even imperial, but like the the China government that was prior to the communists, the imperial government was of it China. Imperial? Okay, yeah, so it was they the emperor up, of China. They end up re, like retreating to Taiwan, mm-hmm. and then that's basically where they've been since then. Chiang Kai Shek. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, and this is kind of like the Okinawans. Yeah. Like the Taiwanese were their own thing. Okay. And they were part of China, and they were part of the imperial right. regime, and so everything like, like that. The, like Manchurian versus like Han yes, correct kind of thing. Okay. Um, but like the emperors and like showed up and was like, "Yeah, we're taking over." Okay. And they're like, "Wait, wait, we might actually." And I can't remember if the Taiwanese, like the local Taiwanese, were like, "No, we support the communists or not." But right. basically, like they, you know, took over and like. You know, China's got a thing up its butt because their, you know, their current president has decided he wants to be emperor for life. Mm-hmm. Um, just like uh, Erdai Tep, Tep, the, the guy in Turkey, like mm-hmm. he's basically like, oh, oh I'm going to change Etrigan. Yeah, Erdogan is the is the last name. Well, I, I just say Etrigan because it's like, uh, yeah, well, it's very hard to pronounce. Yeah, but like, is, yeah. but basically, like, so there's this brewing conflict mm-hmm. between Taiwan and China, and so like, if there's an actual thaw in the relationship. Thaw in the hostilities between North and South Korea, and North Korea doesn't fall from own internal assassinations or whatever CIA machinations or French machinations, like whoever. Mm -hmm. Like if 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 legitimately the North Korean people go, wait, this is what we've been missing, like the internet and like a square meal and like wine from China, like this is what we're missing, and they just you know roast that fat boy, like. You know, I, uh, like Frank, where's Frank, the US going to sell weapons? Like, I, and I've I've talked to people about this before. Like I don't I don't exactly have sympathy for for him because he is a dictator and a mass murderer um, for Kim Jong Un. Um, but it's kind of like one of those things is that, and, and you know, our our mutual friend who we work with has talked about this, who's Iraqi, is there's no such thing as in like Iraq or like a lot of these Middle Eastern. Pre- there's no such thing as like a retired president. 
Well, they go to they go to France. Well, they go in exile or they die. Yeah, and they're, they're, they don't die. They're murdered. Yeah, and horrifically. I mean, look at Gaddafi, who you know, yeah. after the the CIA, well, the United States in general, just well, yeah, it wasn't act, a CIA yeah, plot. It was just straight yeah, up Hillary Clinton. Act, yeah, actively deposed deposed him. him, and he was sodomized to death with a knife. Like mm-hmm. a terrible way to go. So no wonder all of these dictators are are afraid. They are generally do, awful yeah, people. Develop but this nuclear is also, weapons. But you think about this too: is that like this guy was born third generation dictator mm-hmm. really didn't ask for it well like i mean you could have he, he had, his older brother was exiled two older brothers. his other older brother wasn't exiled he was passed over because he was too gay well or something too effeminate yeah. and uh and it's like and at that and then like he, he had multiple uncles that were executed by his father like a lot of but bad he stuff. also executed his he, own he also executed his own uncle he's he, i'm not saying he's a good guy i'm just saying I know, that, but like that's, that's i kind of i can empathize with his situation a little bit where it's like does he, probably does he deserve to die? Like I don't pass judgment on that, but correct. Yeah. But from a uh, like, I mean, from a Christian standpoint, like it's not my my place to judge. I mean, in from, that case, but in, from from like a perspective of what would like the legal code or whatever in libertarian society yeah. do is that well, yes, because you know he does have a does he deserve to die? I don't know, but he does have a enormous debt to pay. Mm-hmm. He has a debt against him, and the debt is. N- thousands of people at least lives probably yeah. millions now and this is one of those questions so let's say he successfully yeah he had to do all the bad stuff that he's done mm-hmm. to be enough in control and then he leads um ch- leads north korea to a situation like spain mm-hmm. so the, for everybody who doesn't know yeah up until spain like 1975 was, yeah. it was a dictatorship and then pinochet and yeah. like chile like and there's a lot of things against him yeah but by comparison to yeah. Gaddafi and the Egyptian dictator. Right. Like, Pinochet was a bad guy. Right. But nowhere near as bad as, like, the guy who, like, was ousted a couple of years ago and he'd been in, a, you know, Egypt. Right. And for those who don't know, the U.S. used to send prisoners, like, so what was it, like, during the Iraq War, mm-hmm. if you wanted somebody tortured but not dead, yeah. you sent them to Turkey. Right. If you wanted them dead, you sent them to Syria. Or Syria, okay. Yeah, and then, like, now we're trying to murder right. that guy. Yeah. Like, Who, you know, again, that's... A not same, a great person. Not, not a good guy at all. Terrible guy. But again, second generation dictator. Yeah. So like, Didn't let's, really ask to be in the position and sort of was born into yeah, it. Yeah. So let's say, like, so let's ask, let's let's do a hypothetical because okay. we're, we're moving through stuff a lot faster than I right. thought we would be today. So... And we're actually doing really good enough yeah, time. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. Like, <laughs> so hypothetical. You're born as the dictator of Syria. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I forget what his name is. So, you know, totally Gary. Assad. Yeah, yeah total yeah. Gary Johnson moment. Right. Aleppo, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah right. Like, oh, 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 he doesn't know where Aleppo is. Who gives a yeah, Who cares? Why does right. the president of the United States need to know where Aleppo is? Right. Oh, so we can bomb it better? Like, yeah, yeah it right. doesn't matter. So you're born, you're born Assad. Mm-hmm. You don't, you do your best to never torture anybody. You do your best, like, you're in power, and you know that, like, if you give up power, you're going to get murdered. Right. But, like, you know, you're not killing opposition. You're, you're, generally peaceful then the islamic state shows up right do you wage the war against the islamic mm-hmm. state the way he has now again i'm just saying right. like he's you know i know he's done plenty of bad things sure. beforehand but like islamic state shows up do you wage the war the way he has like i mean that's yeah. that, that's the question like protecting your people against like the islamic state right. and, which the, is and terrible and, and, and frankly there are plenty of his people who support him still, including including Many the majority Christians. of the Christians. Yeah, yeah. like and, that, and, that's, and, and which people don't know, there are Christians in Syria and Jews 
And they are both protected. There's everything. Yeah. And there's every when religion. There's also, what's that weird, the, the weird one that's like, uh, sort of like Unitarian that they have there where they're like half Christian, half Jew, half Muslim. Like Zoroastrian? No, no, no. They also yeah, have yeah, Zoroastrian. It's the one, it's the girl who went and shot up uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Like that, that weird every, one Everyone deserves like, to live and everyone, and all gods are real. Yeah. 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 That, that weird thing. So, which I mean, like, you know, well, in, like, thing, I guess. This, this is the problem <laughs> but, with my question. Yeah. We assume a dictator has never murdered anybody. You know, like he was completely good, and then he has to wage a bad war to save his people. Well, he wouldn't have to wage a bad war to save his people, like his if people he wasn't done it for him. I yeah, guess. Like, well, and that, so that's always the classic kind of question: is like, you know, you like the North Korean brother who was murdered in the, you know, murdered out in public in. Like, oh yeah, the I forget, airport. Yeah. I forget what airport he was in, but like I think it was in Malaysia. Yeah, it was in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, it was Malaysia. So. Gets murdered in public, but he's living off the Chinese dime yeah. because he's the North Korean brother. Right. Like, you just have this backup plan. But so that's that leads me to the article. is like the U.S. has flown heavy bombers over Taiwan mm-hmm. and things like that. And, like, I have a hard time distancing myself from my true thoughts. Right. It's my immediate gut reaction. It's like, well, fuck China. Right. Like, we can fly our bomber. Like, if Taiwan is like, hey, man, help us out. And they're willing to pay for it, mm-hmm. like and that. But that's kind of from like a business standpoint. Sure. Like I have heavy bombers, which you know, I would not be in the business of heavy bombers. Right. I'd be in the business of making cool wines. You know, right. all the fun stuff I want to do. But like, you fly your heavy bomber force kind of over Taiwan, and they're like, "Yeah, we're paying for it." Mm-hmm. Like we are defending ourselves against the Chinese, and that's kind of the thing. Is like you know, there was this article about like the Chinese have taken over the South China Sea, mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh, that's so shitty because, like, no one should be taking over the South China Sea because there are people who live in the South China Sea. Like, yeah. that's not their territory. Like, right. And no government should have territory. And then I was kind of like, but is some of that, like, my Americanism where I'm like, oh, like, you know, yeah. like, we got to go in there and bust them up. And I was like, well, no, because the Chinese are really just protecting trade and, yeah, and themselves interest. sort yeah. of. Like, now, this is one of those things where, like, everybody, like – uh, zero hedge is of two minds. Mm-hmm. The Russians have developed a hypersonic weapon that can like defeat U.S. carriers. Right. They didn't have tanks that could go backwards. Right. Quite a few years ago. Yeah. Like they don't have enough missiles to knock out the carriers. Plus, if the Russians are talking about it, the U.S. has probably got some disgusting weapon. Right. That we just don't talk about. Like, and that's kind of the classic U.S. move. Is like, oh yeah, well, you know, ten years ago, you remember that? Re- you know, all those people who died. Yeah. That was Zircon B. That was right. us, you know. Like, whoops. We we murdered that guy. Like yeah. he was our scientist. He screwed up. We killed him. Yeah. You know, like that. That's kind of that classic U.S. move. It's like every time you think the U.S. has been outfoxed, it's like no. Right. We developed a program that we had the Israelis put in the Iranian nuclear power sites. Yeah. That destabilized the react the the, the centrifuges yeah. in a such a way that it wasn't noticeable. Right. Like. Well, yeah, I mean, and then that, that and then that, that software thing, gets also, out. But I, I mean, it, and it's even less like secret than that. It's the it you know it, until Trump came into office, how many people were saying Moab? Yeah, like I mean, it existed and it wasn't a secret really. Like we yeah, knew it was that the it Daisy was Cutter. Yeah. Everybody talked about the Daisy Cutter because yeah. that's the one they used in Vietnam. Right. But, but this one's like even bigger. It's bigger. Yeah. So it's like okay. I mean, we get it. Like, it, but it was Bunker Buster. It was right. Bunker Buster because the the Moab, which was yeah. developed for Iraq, right. wouldn't work. Yeah. Because it wouldn't pierce through the bunker. Right. So they're like, oh, he did the Moab. Yeah. So they're like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do the Moab. And then, like, just 
blow up. I think it was like sixteen people or something like that. <laughs> it was actually a lot more than oh, that. It was that? like three hundred people, but it was like sixteen people they wanted to kill. Oh, okay, and then just a whole bunch of people who yeah. were just there. Trump was yeah. just like, "Let's see if it works." Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah it well, works. We've, we've got this thing. Use it. Well, here's the. This is the thing that I always think about, like the president. He didn't order the Moab get used. They just used it and saw if the president was happy about it. Because mm-hmm. if he wasn't, they wouldn't have made a big deal about it. They're just like, eh, you know, we dropped yeah. this big bomb. Right. And Trump's like, wait, wait, wait. It was big. I, I can say I, I can say I did it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, man. He's like, all right. Because that's yeah. that's always been like. So there's a right now. It, it may not be right now, but three hours ago, or let's call it six hours ago. Right. The so if you if you follow Zero Hedge, they have the grade article at the top, which is the their sticky article. Yeah. And eventually it gets moved out of the sticky area. You know, six, ten, twenty four hours later, and then it gets just in their continuous stream of articles. So the top article was Trump basically saying, if the Dems win the midterms, they're going to impeach him. Right. Like, it could be. Yeah. Unconstitutionally, like, because there's really nothing that he has done that other no other president yeah. hasn't done. Right. Like, yeah, if, if you were looking at the actual Constitution, all of them should not be in office. Well, I mean, I guess then David Stockman will win his bet against Tom Woods. Yeah. But, I mean, because he said he wouldn't finish his term. Uh, or he wouldn't – I think he said he wouldn't finish 2018. Yeah, he said 20 – he wouldn't finish 2018. Yeah. But, you know. We'll see what happens. But uh, – and I agree with you though. Like, you know, that, that if they win the midterms, they'll they'll impeach him or whatever. But I think that like there's a lot of really interesting things going on. I think the midterms are going to be – you know, I guess we'll get we'll Trump get is it. going to clean house I think so. in the midterms. Yeah, I, I really but think – But, but not, not in, in the way yeah. we're thinking. It's It's going to be – this bizarre fusion of Tea Party Trump. Right. It's going to no. Like, I, I, see, I think it's going to be even more bizarre. I think it's going to be this bizarre fusion between Tea Party Trump and the Black Vote. I don't think the Black Vote is going to turn out. I don't personally. think it's going to turn 100, percent but I think it's going to get close to 50. And I think that people are going to like be like, "Oh crap!" Because this is the thing. Like, I mean, I, how much have you been following Kanye at all on Twitter? So I don't follow him on Twitter. The things he's saying, I think, are. This is this is the classic. The thing is, is not only him. Is that there are a lot of very very popular and famous black celebrities who are kind of going like who are basically saying, and this is one of the things that, that the Dems robbed said. us of the chance to be human. Basically, that yeah. where they're just saying like they have counted, they they have decided that they own our vote for the last fifty years or forty years or however long it's been, and what have they done for us? We're still getting massacred in Chicago. We're still we're still the lowest of the low as far as incomes go, like. They're importing Mexicans that are displacing us from our votes or, or from our power or whatever from – you know, just assuming that like you know, when, if you go back 30 years or 40 years ago, the stereotypical maid in a house was a black maid. That was their you know, quote-unquote place or whatever. So that was the part of, of society that they owned, whereas now it's like you go and look on TV and the stereotypical maid is a Mexican mm-hmm. or some sort of Hispanic woman. And so it's like – so what they're pointing out is that like even our mediocre kind of uh, disheveled like – The uh, shitty un- existence like, we were existence aiming we have, for in television. They've displaced us from that. Yeah. And now our place is, is – uh, Entertainment. Entertainment or the crack guy from Chappelle or like the welfare check guy or like, oh, yeah. you know, or, or like the rapper. Yeah, you know, one of these things. The, this is our place now. And yeah, like, and, and the, so this is one of those ones where I don't disagree with the contact. Yeah. But I think historically, voter turnout is so low mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. the elections are becoming irrelevant. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is the Dems are going to, like, what I, what, so I have two, of two minds. Yeah. We know 
for a fact that there was massive voter fraud during the Kennedy election. Oh, yeah. And he didn't win that clean. Yeah. And he may have won it right. legitimately, but he didn't win it clean. He didn't go in and, like, I'm not going to say that Kennedy himself authorized people to cheat in the election. Well, I'd say his dad did, probably. His well, dad was his sleaze. Well, that's the thing is, I, I'm not going to say he did, and I'm not going to even say his dad did. Yeah. I know that people wanted who wanted to curry favor mm-hmm. did things that he may not have approved of. He may have 100% approved of them, but I can't say. There are, there are people that we follow that seem to put a lot of – stock in Kennedy that I wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. They were alive then, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So, like, that's one of those things where it's like there's a lot of, you know, so, but I, what I think is going to happen is, like, the Dems have already proved they were willing to completely cheat the system yeah. when they didn't have to. They had right. the super delegates to beat Bernie. Right. But they're like, no, 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 we don't even want to look like he's got groundswell. They're like, we don't yeah. want a Ron Paul movement. Right, right. I think the Republicans are going to either get caught flat-footed or this is going to be the most fraudulent election in U.S. history. Yeah. Where it's just going to be like, this county that has 13 people in it had 175 people turn out. <laughs> right. And it was split 50-50. Dems right. And, you know, it's just like ballot stuffing where it's like, hey, man, what are you doing here? Yeah. Hey, man, what are you doing here? Right. Never mind this stack of ballots I got yeah. in my back pocket. <laughs> Never mind this stack of ba- right. ballots I got in my back pocket. Yeah. And they were just going to both stuff the ballot box. Like, I think it's going to be one of those situations where either both sides are going to cheat or some side that no one, and maybe you're right with the, the sure. black vote, is going to show up and just be like, no, no, no. Right. And like, and hopefully Austin Peterson wins. Like, I, 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 I mean, well, there's a, there's a couple candidates that I, that I like that are in, um, that are that are in it right now. Austin Peterson, I would like to. I'd like him to be in sen- in the Senate. Yeah. Um, there's also God. A, he would just mess things up. I don't know if he would. I, I, I hope he would. Like sometimes, like there's something about him that I don't like. But I, I think you don't like him because he's not he's not a kind person necessarily. That might be. That, it might wise. be that. There's another guy who was on Jason Stapleton a while back. Um, he's ex special forces. He's running in Georgia for Congress. Um, I can't remember what his name is here's right now. The, here's the thing that. Uh, Congressmen don't matter. They don't. No, it's true. But I, I, well, they they don't matter. They matter in the same way that Ron Paul mattered, in the same way that like Thomas Massey matters. That they they're good for education. They're good for kind of like uh, groundswell. Yeah, Massey matters because he's the only one. Yeah. But when there are two, ma- well, Massey and who's the other guy? Well, Amash. But he is Amash in Congress or Senate? No, he's in he's in the Congress oh, as well. In, okay. Yeah. And Amash is not bad. Amash like, is not he's bad. He, he's yeah. he's weird at times, yeah. but like Massey's weird at times too. But like yeah. Massey, you can generally count on yeah. pretty much. But that's the thing is like three guys matter less than twenty guys. Right. And that's well, I mean, the, you think about it, like you've got Amash and you've got Amash and Massey, and then Rand Paul, who well, can like hold up. Well, and see that's know. that's the advantage. Yeah. Because if if Paul is in the Senate and Peterson is in the Senate mm-hmm. and they both decide to hold things up, yeah, that's an unlimited amount of time that they can right. hold things up. They yeah. can just really gum up the works. Yeah. Whereas one co- five congressmen against the because yeah. the, the the House of Representatives doesn't have filibuster. Yeah, like you don't have unlimited time. That's right. So yeah. being the only Nancy Pelosi, the like the most left of the left, right, like, is irrelevant. Yeah. And being the most right of the right is irrelevant other than making a groundswell. Yeah. But like Massey's not trying to be a you know, the governor of his state and then being like kick the government out. Right. And Amash is not trying to be the governor of his state and kick the government right. out. They're like, No, we we wanna be in Congress and we wanna they that's where they wanna, mm-hmm. you know, 
put their platform out. Right. Whereas, like, Peterson was like, well, I tried running for president because I could get the message out, but now I'm actually going to try to do something, and I'll be in the way. Yeah. I'll be an obstructionist. I'll be but, the problem. And I think he could do that, and I, and I would be very happy if, if he was there because I think that, you know, I think that Rand Paul was an incredibly disappointing presidential candidate, um, but I think he's a he's a, a semi-decent senator. Well, this um, is this is the thing that I think happened to him twice. Yeah. Someone convinced him he could win. Right. Whereas his dad didn't care. Yeah. And and once once Paul – like Paul's like one of those guys that's like, let your freak – Freak flag fly. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not like, I'm not losing the senator senatorial race. Right. Like that's a, like, I'm not going to lose as a senator. So it doesn't matter what I do as a senator. I'm trying to win the presidency, and he's right. like, well, I'm going to try to run a real campaign. And then he's like, oh wait, this is just nonsense. Mm-hmm. But as a senator, he's like, no, I just be obstructionist. My people love it. Like I've got it. But that's where having Peterson, who is, I hope, more libertarian than Paul, and in, He's just gonna be like, look, Paul, like this this is where we have to stand. Yeah. And the, like the, Paul you know, will, I've always, I've Paul always will had... be able to be able to actually stand there yeah. and like go the mile right. that he seems to want to walk. Yeah, and I, I think that Paul is in general more likable than Peterson. The and then also the other problem that I've always had with Peterson is uh I don't think his foreign policy is tight and he doesn't believe in the nap. And that that to me is like a a huge sticking point where it's like, but that's the thing is I don't think anybody who believes in the nap can really be in government. And, and that might be and, true. And that's yeah. and that's the thing. Is I mean, like, uh, Ron Ball. I mean, he talks about the nap. And and I. That's uh, <laughs> Victoria is eating some seaweed salad and making lots of noise. making making her introduction yeah. yet again to the podcast. <laughs> what did you think of the wine, Victoria? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, she doesn't she doesn't usually like this kind of wine. She oh. likes sangria. Yeah, well, and. Uh, and um, oh, we didn't get almond uh, Bailey's. I'll get it tomorrow. Well, you gotta have Ashley make her some sangria. She does. She, she likes Ashley's sangria. I think. I think we had it last time. We were maybe we had it once. Time we had a yeah. burger uh, at the or maybe it wasn't burgers. Maybe quite we a few wilds. Quite a few wilds. Yeah. yeah, but so yeah, but yeah. So uh, but Ashley like, makes good sangria. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, anything that has that much alcohol and rum. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess fruit. that's true. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, that's that's one of those things. Where, like I think like. Amash or not Amash, but uh, Peterson will be tempered by Paul. Yeah, and Paul will be Encouraged, emboldened maybe, yeah. by Peterson, and that's just what you need because, like, yeah. go back and look at it. Like, so Sherman Antitrust Act. Yeah, Tom Woods was talking about it recently. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything with that for ten years. Do you know who Sherman was? No, you remember the guy who burned the South to the ground? Oh yeah, that's his brother, oh, General Sherman. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's yeah, his yeah. brother. Yeah. Oh, interesting. who they tried to make president yeah. from both parties. Multiple times, hmm. straight up butcher. They tried to make president, but his brother, who was about to win, or like was going to be the Republican nomination, and let's call it eighteen seventy. Yeah. It wasn't that, but let's call it that. Right, like got screwed out of it in his mind by somebody else. So he had to have a lasting legacy, and it was the Sherman Antitrust right. Act. Irrelevant garbage legislation has nothing to do with anything that it ever did. Yeah, but the senators used to be these people who could obstruct the government right. hold things up and like this is back when there were 75 of them yeah. you know or 76 of them like or heck like at the time yeah, yeah however maybe many, 80 yeah, yeah like there's only a hundred of them like if you really want to gum up the government you need to be yeah. a senator right and yeah like, especially since they have the whole filibuster thing where they well, can just be and, and if you can talk like this is to like drop thurman man bring out the friggin 
phone book. Well, you know what he what what now granted I don't I don't know what the situation is, but like I always like to think that if I was elected, like I would be like, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an all nighter or a forty eight hour or whatever, and I'm going to like if this recent uh, budget mm. that was like ridiculously large, I'm going to read it, and it's going to take me however many hours it takes to read it, and. I, that would have been nice if Rand had, you know, maybe filibustered in that way. Now, I think that there was some reason why he couldn't. Well, they changed the rules on the filibuster. Yeah. So they changed the rules that after a certain amount of vote, yeah, they can stop the filibuster. It used to be 100% yeah. straight filibuster. But people who always want to talk about like this, so like at a certain point, the people who got the run for president yeah. were decided by the Senate. That's true. Like. Yeah. So, like, we're not even following, like, I don't think it's constitutionally been amended to be this no, popular no. vote. Like, so. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to look into it. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think it but is. Like, but, like, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you're right. Like, this is not the way, like, there shouldn't be a popular vote on the president. There shouldn't be a popular, actually, there shouldn't be a popular vote on the Senate. It's it Congress is supposed to be a popular yeah. vote. Or, and it's no, not that's even, the Senate. Not, the Senate's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay. The senators used to be chosen by the no, House. No, but it's also, it's so the president also is yeah. that the, is the Electoral College exists because you and I were not supposed to vote for the Electoral College. That was something that the state legislature would do. Yeah. And, and but the, it, the states got to choose yeah. how they decided how the electoral votes were going. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily incorrect. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, they'll consider it a civil war and they'll drive you into the ground right. if you try to go back against it. Now, I can also understand that, like, if the majority of the population is like, no, we want it the way it is, like, yeah. hey, that's. If you're going with that system, which right. I don't agree with, but, but I, mean, I, I mean, it kind of goes back to the the Michael Malice point, where it's like my rights are not up for debate. I really don't care what other people vote. I yeah. care what I vote, and I don't vote for any of this. So, exactly. which kind of goes back to us being tasting anarchy. <laughs> yeah. So back right. to uh, back to everything. So I think we're we've used up a lot of our free time. Yeah. Um, so Buchanan Estates. Um, or or I, possibly Bo Cannon. Bo Cannon, possibly. Yeah. 2009, Cabernet Franc, really solid good, bottle yeah. of wine. Mm-hmm. Like Different than a Cabernet Sauvignon, very different. It's, so, it's much more tart. It's much more uh, – I'm trying to think of like any sort of way I can I can phrase this. It's, it's more tart. It's more – This is red wine light. on red wine. Yeah. Like this yeah. is red wine to take into red wine. Yeah. So I will – Rating the wines that we've done, most of the wines that I've presented don't really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. There's the wine that my wife and I, I think I have that like was just the perfect Riesling. There's Pina, which is the best wine we've ever done. Yeah, it was great. This is the second best wine we've ever done. Oh, okay. Like this is so different, very enjoyable, mm-hmm. very tasty. Like it's it's got things in there that I can't necessarily pull out. Like I mean, we've done some good Rieslings. We did yeah. some good Pinots. I, I've like those are my preferred styles. Mm-hmm. This is the second best wine yeah. we've done, especially personally. at twenty two dollars a bottle. And um, that's the thing is like Pinot yeah. was so expensive, right? And I think we we are kind of price drunk on it, yeah. But it is a very good bottle of wine. Well, but the thing For is, is we, we bucks, were giving I, yeah, we were giving the Pinot a very good rating. Well, at least I was giving it a very good rating before I knew what it cost. And I was like, "This is a great wine." Yeah. But like I was like, "There's no way that you personally would have paid more than like forty bucks." Well, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> and, and that's it's the, just me judging you more than wine. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, and that's one of the things is like you don't you you know we talk about personally off air, you know, spending habits and things mm-hmm. like that, but you really don't have an idea of what I spend on mm-hmm. things. Like, I mean, you have an idea of what I spend on the wine for the mm-hmm. show, but you don't shop the white wine section, mm-hmm. and you also are not trying to buy out the white wine section. Going like, I want to get as many varieties as right, possible. Right. 
that's I mean, what I do. You, I mean, you see what I've got up there is it's all yeah. well. I've got one bottle of red. No, that's not true. Yeah, I do. I have one bottle of red left. I've got a blackberry wine, and I've got half of a uh, yeah Pinot Noir left. Yeah, and so that and that's the thing is like so very good bottle of wine. I think this is honestly the second best bottle of wine. It's good. I I, re- I really like it. I, I since you liked this so much, I really need to figure out how to get a bottle of that Green Hill uh, before I move. So we can, or. Or at least maybe when I come back, maybe, I mean, you know what? Because the thing is, is when I moved to Texas and we changed the format of the show a little bit, um, I think what I'll be end, I'll end up flying into DC just because it's so much cheaper than flying into Norfolk and then driving down. You might not fly into DC, okay? If things work out the way on my business thing, okay, you're gonna fly for free. Oh, and well, there so you we'll go. just you'll fly in like okay. it. it We'll talk about it off air, sure. but like I've got some plans on that. Okay. Um. Like, yeah, flights—they'll never matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my plans are that I'll be coming back to this area several times a year just because I do like it here. Yeah. Uh, I, I did, it's not—it doesn't, you know, kind of. Let's sort of. We'll end on this note: is that mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, people have a nostalgia for the place, or 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 the reverse of nostalgia. I guess it is still nostalgia, but so they either have a positive or a negative nostalgia for. The place where they grew up, mm-hmm. and when I go back to California, and I brought Victoria with me to California, you know, and um, I love it. Like the the part of California I'm from, it's like to me like the Golden Hills, which is I'm from Eldorado Hills, so that's the Golden Hills. Uh, like it's beautiful, just driving through the country, and it's just like these just. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it's just fields and fields of weeds with like an occasional oak tree like popping yeah. out of it, and like just cows. I, I've seen the like, Golden Hills of California, and I and I understand that. Yeah. But like, I also lived in California for three months, and I was yeah. like, everything is dead. It's flat. No, I lived in Stockton. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, lived Stockton. in an industrial yeah, yeah, yeah. valley. But like, right. even when I drove in the hills, like yeah. you fly into you fly into Virginia, and you're like it's, it's alive. It's yeah. effing it's green. green. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> so there, there's kind of this like. I guess juxtaposition is that like I've lived here now for more than 50% of my life Mm -hmm. and which at this point is, is interesting to me that I still have such a passion and nostalgia for California. Well, Um, I, knowing you to me, it isn't. Yeah. But yeah, but like, like, I also have no compulsion for here. Okay. Interesting. Other than it's here. Right. And I know what it is. Okay. Like, and my stuff's here. Like that's right. kind of the thing. Like when I lived in Stockton, I was just like, I live in a crappy apartment. Yeah, and I hate it because it's a crappy town. Well, it was a townhouse, but it was right. a crappy townhouse. But it was yeah. the best we could afford at that point. Right. But like, I would have just been as fine living there. Like, yeah, yeah it sucked not being around you, but like, sure. I got to be with the person I wanted to be with, and yeah. like that was super important to me at that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I guess kind of what I'm, what I'm driving at is that like, so Texas reminds me a lot of California, but. It's not California. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to develop a new love for for Texas. It I does remind so. me a ton of California. Just like when I'm when I'm when I was when Victoria and I were there, uh, the plants are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, it's, it's sort of a cross between the two because it is also very humid there. Yeah. Um, usually in the morning it's humid, and then it dries out in the rest of the day. But uh, so I think what's going to end up happening, and long story short, is that. Uh, the type of job that I, I'm probably going to be getting is going to allow me a lot more freedom of mm-hmm. uh, vacation and movement. And um, I would like to be able to come back here, spend time with you, spend time with Kevin, who is a new father. Congratulations to Kevin and Dory. Yes. Um, his baby is very cute. Looks just like him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah. And uh, That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was born three days ago. 
Oh, so, very um, yeah, very, very, very cute, cute baby. Um, come back here, see Kevin. Like I'm, I'm, you know, Kevin's a cool, really cool guy, but he doesn't yeah. have a huge number of friends, uh, just because he's a workaholic and and it has a very particular personality. Um, but I'd like to come back and see him. I'd like mm-hmm. to come back and see you, uh, Kasam and I. Well, I guess I was trying to not mention his name before, but <laughs> but I did already. So he and I are. Uh, are more than work friends. I want to come back and see him and his family. And so I, my plan is that I'll be coming back to this area several mm-hmm. times a year or at least at least once a year, hopefully more than once a well, year. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, if my if what I plan for my life works out, us seeing each mm-hmm. other isn't going to be a financial thing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a time thing. And that's the, that's the thing is, like, when you guys do have your first kid, yeah. like, I intend to be there. Right. For as long as I can. Yeah. Like, not like one of those, oh, I was in there for, you know, a week. Right. No, like, I'll be there for a month and a half. Right. Like, oh, like, who's got the baby? Mason does. Like, yeah. you know, it's sure. 2.30 in the morning. Like, Mason and Ashley are here. Like, yeah. you know, having, like, I know your family's going to be mm-hmm. there. But, like, that, like, no, like, I intend to be there. Like, if I can, like, I don't I don't envision limits in my life. And this is kind of something I took from Jason Stapleton, and this will be our closing yeah. other than our reminding of people of our stuff. Right. Closing thing is, like, Jason Stapleton always is kind of like, you are what is wrong with you. Yeah. Like, what is holding you back in life isn't your boss. It isn't your genetic. Like, it can be your genetics. You can be retarded. Right. You can be autistic, and there can – but, like, if you're autistic, there are plenty of sites on how mm-hmm. to get around, like, how to – you know, you are what holds you back. Right. And I've known that for six years now. Yeah. And I've, and I mean, I've, I've, I've known that really since I've started working for where we work. Yeah. And, and I'm, I think it's just now clicking where I'm kind of like, oh, like I should have been doing, I should have been kind of moving past this for a long time. But I've always used it as an excuse where it's like, well, you know, I, I work 50, 55 hour weeks. Like I just can't do it. And yeah. Like, and that's the thing is like, I've tried to push you past yeah. that. But I didn't know why I was trying to push you past it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't realize what I gave up mm-hmm. until we started the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you working that many hours. Like, I was just like, well, that just means, like, my job's easier at work. Well, that yeah. that's completely unfair. Like, we should have been doing not this show, but... Like the dream show, like sure. we, I, I didn't understand that show. Like I understood that show, yeah. but I didn't understand how I could. I control- forgot that we did that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand <laughs> we how. We should I, put that out yeah. as a secret episode at some point. I didn't understand how I could contribute to that show. Sure, like wine, we both get, but like that's the thing is like we both bring so much to the table, and we both have le- not let each other down, yeah. but not enabled each other to put the best out in life because, mm-hmm. like, the internet exists, and the fact that we don't make money off the internet. Yeah, is until it's, it's a tra- this travesty. venture <laughs> yeah. is insane because like right. we've never like yeah we're not the meme guys we're not the the guys who are like oh so up with the internet speak yeah but like why don't we have a YouTube channel where we're just discussing tech right we both were into computers yeah just building right. computers and at one point we were both current with it yeah. right like, and actually and we could have had like we could have had done shows remember when I I don't remember no yeah remember when I found those like. 13 HP Vectas. Yeah. And like, and I was like, I'm going to do something with these. And I got them. Like we could have done a bunch of YouTubes about like, I found these 13 HP Vectas. What do you guys think I should do with them? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing is like, and that's what, and actually I made money on those. Like, yeah. or I didn't sell them, but I ended up 
remember when I worked for uh, uh, Socharpe, the uh, that weird dog rec- rescue agency? No, I, I worked for them for like six months, and it was when I was also working at Toys R Us. That might have been before, might have been just before I think we it was knew like, each other. I think it was actually right when we met. Okay, actually, wow, this is a connection to us meeting. I quit that job the day we met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, I quit on the phone before I went into the Libertarian meeting. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> that's such a strange thing. Yeah, I quit that because it was just too weird. But uh, like this lady who ran it, like one of these days we'll have an episode where like I talk about it, but it was, it was weird. But, you know, I used those HP Vectas to figure out – this was my first introduction to the, the uh, IIF format on QuickBooks mm-hmm. uh, was I got the specs for IIF. She had these – old deprecated things for a bank that was later absorbed by Bank of America and uh, she had all her financial records from this she's like well I need to access these for the charity and I was like well give them to me I remember this yeah 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 and and so she gave them to me and I and those Vectas had Windows 98 on them Mm. for some reason I guess because they were just old and uh, or no were they HP Vectas or Dell Vectas I don't remember what they were but whatever they were uh, I just found a whole bunch of them on the side of the road and was like, I'm going to take these. But uh, I ended up using one of those to convert that and I charged her $45 an hour to do it. And then I just was like, yeah, it took me nine hours. Even though it didn't, it took me, it took me like 20 minutes. But, uh, you know, sorry, Vicky, I charged you a lot of money because you were kind of a pain to work for. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a interesting experience. But anyways, kind of going back to like making money on the internet – like when we were young, and and we're still pretty young. I mean, like yeah. 30, 31 years old is young. Yeah. Uh, but when we were in our early twenties and we were doing just like weird stuff, we couldn't. I mean, been ten years that. ago, like yeah. Bitcoin, like all of the stuff. Yeah. That we could have done, it, it like. Yeah, and the thing is, is that we, you know what we've learned from that, and the the idea is now if if. And Victoria has helped me out with this a lot is that if I'm starting to make excuses for something, that means that uh, either I don't want to do it or I'm too lazy. Yeah. Like one of the two. So like I have to kind of examine, is it that I don't want to do this or is it that I'm lazy? Like I've had several really good ideas that could be ways to monetize in the payroll industry. The reason that I don't pursue them is I don't want to because I don't like the payroll industry. Yeah. And that's where I think like – and this is where I think – oh, we'll talk about this other time. But you could get 90% of the way there and sell the product Mm -hmm. and not put a lot of time into it I think. Mm -hmm. I I think you could do that. So tastinganarchy.com. We'll – yep. Here's the thing. We, we got to both write a review about this one yeah, because this is, like, this is a great wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so this Buchanan Estates, Napa, out of Napa mm-hmm. Valley. It's their uh, Cabernet Franc, the 2009. I'd like to try to pick up the 2008 if we could find it. Yeah, if we can find to it. To see like, if it is as good. Really, really acidic, pretty high alcohol yeah. Content, you know, it's the yeah, second fairly high, second now, highest rated content. Yeah. We've had. I, I will remind everybody that uh, the alcohol content of wine is allowed to be one percent above or below plus or minus. Yeah, this to me seems like it's a little high. This is this is like the peanut. It's high. Yeah, it's high. It, it's high. It's high to what it's rated. And it's but and it it's could be one hundred percent spot on. Yeah, it could be spot on. But yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a high. It's a high shot on it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like. And it's, it's got such a, got a, a just lovely, a really like, nice red. As soon as I smelled it, I was like, "This is going to be good." And the first hit I had, it was like, 
this is spicy. Like, this yeah. isn't good. And then, like, every sip I had after that, I was like, no, no, this is good. Mm-hmm. So, um, tastinganarchy.com. If you want to communicate with us, uh, Jacob's really heavy on our Twitter, mm-hmm. which is Twitter, uh, tastinganarchy. At, at Twitter. Anarchy. Yeah. Um, and, if you uh, want to send Gmail, yeah. like, we, we've got our email, tastinganarchy.com. We'd love to hear, like, so, like, say, say we did a wine that you guys were super interested in. And this is episode like 31 at this point. And you're like, you guys got to go back to this wine. You got to try it again now that you guys have seen something else. As long as it's not the Pina, we're good. Because the Pina yeah. one, we're going to go back to right. no matter what. Like, that's a great wine. And, there, but, and, there, and there's several that we've tried on here that I've then gotten later, even some white wines. Um, yeah. And I'm not a white wine guy, but like once in a while, like Victoria and I'll be at the grocery store shopping and, and I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of feeling a Riesling. Yeah. And uh, and I'll just go get one of the one of the ones that we've tried. Not that New Zealand one, yeah. but uh, which was not bad, but it was not. not I, I it just wasn't reasoning to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like you know, let us know what you guys are thinking, like that sort of thing. Um, if you guys need hosting, Bluehost, mm-hmm. like hopefully by the time this is out, we'll have a, a dedicated link where you know, yes, we do get a commission from it, but it helps us explore wine, pay for the upkeep of the site, those mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, hopefully, you know. I'm hoping by – so this is episode 31. So this is uh, kind of against what I spoke about the other day. Um, so that's 70 weeks from now. Yeah. That's a year and a half roughly. I'm hoping we'll be able to at least do some sort of meetup, yep. if not a wine tour. Oh, that would be great. As yeah. the show. Right. Kind of as our 100th episode, like that sort of thing, mm-hmm. or a $1,000 bottle of wine. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, go to, you know, find a place that has a thousand dollar bottle of wine, mm. purchase it. Right. And see what it's about. And either to use the profits from, actually, you know what? I think that that's something that we could both commit to is that, uh, if we don't have any profits from the show, um, that's fine because I mean, a hundred percent of what we get from this show really goes back into the show. Correct. Um, yes. but I think I could commit $500 in a year and a half to a thousand dollar bottle of wine. If you could as well, I, I can, Ho- I mean, hopefully I don't know what my expenses yeah, yeah, yeah. are going to be here's, here's now, the thing. But <laughs> Barring any life devastating yeah. consequences or life affirming, right. I, you have a child. Exactly. Yeah. Which I, I don't About expect in the next five years. hundred so. episode. Yeah. Roughly a thousand dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. I think that's a commitment we can make. That would be interesting. Um I, I would love to have a thousand dollars and I would even like sacrifice a, a glass of that to somebody who has a little bit more knowledge on wine. And well, here's, it would be great if here's was, the thing. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. Unless it's our friend. Unless yeah. it, like so if we like develop me. if we develop a friend who's like a really, really intense wine connoisseur or something yeah. like that, that's an experience that I want for the show. Like right. that's a classic experience. Now, if we're both millionaires, yeah. screw it. You know, sure. that's fine. But like until then, like I think that's yeah. a, I think that's Let's just a, a a good goal. And, and you know what? We'll have to do that one in person because if I'm going to be out in Dallas yeah. and we're going to have a $1,000 bottle of wine, there's no way that we can like ship $1,000 bottle of wine, like half of a bottle of you and half a bottle of me. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll have to meet up and it'll be like a uh, like a Christmas episode or something. Well, and the, here's the thing. What type of wine do we do? Yeah, that's hard. Maybe we do back to back. Okay. Two episodes, split episode, two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Commit a thousand bucks. No, right. We'll see. But like, so um, as always, we're tasting anarchy. Um, so we um, 
Abolitionists. Yep, abolitionists. You should be free. Which is, other people are picking up on now. Like, yeah. uh, even, and it's, even it's in our back archive, and yeah. I wish people could see yeah, that yeah. we were saying this. That we were saying, we were saying it several weeks before, but Dave like, Smith yeah, is picking exactly. up on it, and uh, others, I think I think Tom Woods has talked about it a little bit. A little. Um, yeah. But, like, Dave Smith now talks about, like, he, you know, he uses the example of the time where he's like, if you were an abolitionist back in, you know, slave times or whatever, and you were like, we got to get rid of the slaves, and people were like, pfft. That's yeah. ridiculous. How is anybody going to pick cotton? And it's like now it's like, well, you know, tractors do it. Exactly. So it's like, right. well, who's going to build the roads? Well, really the roads are already not built by the government yeah, anyways. Exactly. It's just contractors. So And, oh, that's what Tom was talking about. Like I don't – to that point, I don't think it's appropriate – and this is paraphrasing Tom. Yeah. I might be doing it wrong. But basically like it isn't free market to – Pay somebody to build something to the government specs. Yeah, exactly. that is not yeah, free yeah. market. No, it's not. So, it, well, and you know, he talked about that. It was in the prison when, like, people talk about privatizing prisons. No, he just talked about this like two yeah. episodes ago. Well, he also talked about it recently. They had one where they were talking about how. Uh, oh no, it wasn't him. It was um, Scott Horton who was talking about it. Where he said on the Contra cruise, he had this epiphany where he was talking to somebody. That's the episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It, and it was with Tom Woods. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was like, I had this epiphany where it was like. It's not privatization. We need to come up with some other type of way of describing it where he was well, like, like, well, maybe Z the British, or something. Yeah, the yeah. British spelling or whatever. But he was like, it's not privatization. It's when you contract somebody to do it for the government. Yeah. That's not privatization. That's just cronyism. Privatization is when the government gets out of it and somebody else takes it over. Exactly. Well, on that point, we've run – you know, we, Yep. It's where 130. That's perfect amount of exactly. time. So everybody – have a wonderful day, evening, night, whatever whatever time frame you want to call it. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, you can in the States. Yep. Hopefully they got other stuff. Yeah, I, well, we'll check it out. Yeah. Stay free. Stay free. Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slaw. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Port and sherry. Wine, wine, wine. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsey at Willis Den, he wasn't selling for American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel, have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine, 40, you're drinking wine. Wine, 40, you